And basically the premise of the story was, was that their neighbors slash landlords that lived next door to them in the duplex after they had sold the apartment building, mm-hmm. uh, they were real estate agents and Helen, Audrey Lindley, Mrs. Roper helped them sell a house. And it was a big sale. I mean, they made a lot mm-hmm. of money off of it. And then Stanley, the husband, Mr. Roper, starts getting a little myth that, you know, it's like, hey, why don't you throw a little something our way? And basically the buildup is, is that there is a confrontation where Stanley, Mr. Roper, confronts the Jeffrey Tambor character. You know, that was a really lousy thing you did and you're a terrible person and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the neighbor slash landlord have bought them a gift in appreciation of this big sale. And it was, and I automatically thought of you, Tim Hamilton, it was an organ with all like the buttons with like the different beats. That you're not allowed to touch. That you're not allowed to touch. Don't touch the dog. Don't touch the heating pad. Don't touch the organ. The the organ was B. Arthur's least favorite mod episode when uh, her husband, Walter, bought an organ. Oh, oh, so you're saying this is a crossover. This organ had bloodstains on it because it's the organ owned by Walter uh, where Maud stabbed him to death because he wouldn't stop playing that. It's the Seti Bimco Show with your hosts, Tim and John. If you didn't order your great more than beans yet, now is the time to do it. It's the Seti Bimco Show, episode 12. A dozen... This is a show where we talk to people about their embarrassing, weird, or uh, what what other words did I use? Teenage cataclysms. Angst. Teenage angst. Angst, yes. Mm-hmm. And this or what week, we thought was angst. And sometimes we look back at movies of our youth. And this week we have an interview with Sam Marlowe a little later. Pretty quick. Mm-hmm. He talked a lot, yeah. so we don't have much time here. No, we really don't. But you were, so so this week you were... It was a to... rough week. Okay. Although I did come up with a new interjection, you know, like instead of like, you know, wow or yikes, I was I had to find the... And just to preface this, this is not as glamorous as it sounds, but I work in the online department of a major national retailer okay. based in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, we will not name them. We could put their name in a hashtag because they see everything on online. And if okay. they want to, if they want to sponsor this show, we will yes. mention their name because we lost Coors Light. Because <clears throat> we lost Coors Light, it was all about pissing the can. I'm sorry, Tim. Boy, I messed that contract up for us. So anyway, so I had to go find a case of Great Northern Beans, which is like a Canelli bean. It's a white bean, They're dried beans, and I had to find them. So I was like, so I'm walking out on, back onto the floor to my little order cart, and I'm like, Great Northern Beans. This was hard to find. So all weekend, that was my introduction. Like, Great Northern Beans. It's cold outside. <laughs> it's a good one. But thank you. And then Easter Sunday, I had to work Easter Sunday morning for my five to two shift. And I don't think I actually convinced anyone, but I, I, I saw a couple people trying to work it out in their brains. I told them that since the seasons are opposite in the Southern Hemisphere, that when it's Easter here, it's Christmas in Australia. <laughs> what are you telling people that for? I just messed with their minds. And as I said, <laughs> nobody actually fell for it totally, but I could see a couple of people like mulling it over in their brains. Like, that does kind of make sense. 
And when it's Easter there, it's Christmas up here. Yes. Yeah, they have their they have their trees out on Sunday. It was yeah. <laughs> Easter is always on December twenty fifth. But now what do they do? Now. Why are people out shopping on Easter? Aren't they home? Well, I guess some people like for like forgot a couple things, you know. So you're. <laughs> Oh, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. But then there were actually some people out there. I guess maybe Easter is not that big a deal for some no, people. It's not. There are some people who are actually doing their week like full shopping carts. And yeah. Anyway, and that was about anyway. that way till about one in the afternoon, and then it kind of dropped off. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad and I'm here too. How was your week? I know you've got your birthday coming up. It's your birthday week. I don't even care about my birthday. But oh, of course you care about your birthday. You gonna have a little cake or a little? Uh... Um, I, I never care. I mean, we just like let's hmm. go here and eat sushi. That's all I want to do. Well, okay, that's something though. I mean, you you do you do, yeah. If not celebrate it, acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. But this this last weekend, uh, I'm going to keep this story short because, as you know, we adopted a dog, Soul, mm-hmm. uh, and that. Talking about your dog is like if I had a kid. I'm like, hey, my kid. He's he's uh, he won the spelling bee. He spelled uh, mm-hmm. onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia, right? Whatever. And uh, <laughs> but we through the adoption people, we know where Soul's brother is in Queens, oh. and we know them on Instagram. And this weekend we went to the dog run. The dog run. The city is a fenced-in area, so you can let your dog run around. Mm-hmm. And Soul went to the dog park for the first time and she met her brother at the dog park. And it was, I will only say it's just very, very interesting. As soon as they both saw each other, they just were like playing with each other the rest of the day. It was like, I don't know scientifically whether they have a scent that they remember. It's only been three months since they saw each other. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So no, that's not out of the realm of power. I mean, if it was like, if they were like 10 year old dogs, I'd be like, eh, I don't know about that. But no, that young, no, probably. So it was very. Probably something to that. Very uh, uh, heart melting moment anyway, that they were so happy to see each other. That is nice. But see, the only difference the only difference about you talking about your dog and people talking about their kids is that I actually care to listen about what you have to say about your dog. <laughs> I know, I knew you were gonna say. So we'll stop all this chit chat and introduce our special guest today, John. Sam Marlowe. Yay! Yay. We do <laughs> not to be confused with the great playwright Christopher Marlowe. Uh, that's true. I've I've Who? been named after all the Marlows that have ever existed. There you go. Because had Christopher Marlowe not been stabbed in that tavern, we may have never heard of William Shakespeare. Oh, there you go. A um, lot of a lot of English literature scholars say he was the better playwright. Were you ever stabbed in a bar, Sam? No. Uh, oh, see, that would have made a great story. Okay, <laughs> maybe maybe a few close calls, but uh, nothing nothing too British. Although I am okay. named. After that British name, it's a very it is a very British sounding name. Isn't it Sam is. Marlowe a detective? Also true. Yeah, yes. Um, was that Raymond Chandler, or was um, that Dashiell Hammett? I think it was Chandler. I think you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but there's also isn't there a Philip Marlowe as well? That's uh, one of those um, detective movies. Hmm. Yes, there is, and I'm trying was to that, piece it all together. Was that starring Chevy Chase? I don't know. Or was that? No, I'm, think think, I'm thinking of Fletch. You're thinking, you're thinking of Fletch, Tim. <laughs> or, um, or Caddyshack. 
Wasn't he yeah. a detective in Caddyshack? <laughs> that great film noir classic, Caddyshack. <laughs> but I, I am always naturally drawn to the uh, the grizzled noir detectives. So when the new Batman movie came out, I was pretty excited. You went to Ooh. see that instead of listening to our podcast, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> does, does Sam even know the story behind that? Like, I don't know. He, I don't know if that episode is out, but. I'll be honest. I I listened to like a couple of minutes of one of the episodes just to get just the to kind of see what you were getting into. I understand. It's okay. <laughs> and then Which my one? my wife called me for something, and I had to go. Oh, That's, I'm going to use that as my excuse. There you go. <laughs> I would like to point out that Sam is is in a closet. That's true. Literally, he's sitting in the closet. I see his yep. coats and shoes. Oh, I was in a closet for a lot of years, but I don't. I think I don't think our stories are the same. But no. We'll, I guess no. they, they never mentioned that the closet has good sound insulation. I know. I, I, all, I, all the fabric. I think it was your suggestion. Or, I, I appreciate it. I didn't really, I just thought you'd sit near the closet and not like lock yourself <laughs> in it. Because <laughs> I've heard, I've heard that if you get into a closet and you try to watch pornography on your computer, it, it glitches, it doesn't upload quickly. I've heard. You know, it so. doesn't. It doesn't. No, it's, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, it's, uh, I've just heard this. Look, I'm, I'm so gay. I'm like looking. I'm like trying to look at the shoes behind Sam. I'm like, wow, those are a lot of shoes. Those are nice like, shoes. These are my wife. very nice think? shoes. Good. Yes, very, very nice. Very, um, very Carrie Bradshaw in Sex in the City. Yeah, she you likes poor. to live that kind of life. She likes to live like that. Your poor I wife doesn't it. know you're showing off her shoes to a couple other guys. We pay like money. We pay money wife, to have Sam show us his wife's shoes <laughs> secretly. Like when my, my wife and I walk down the street, like people look at her and like are amazed. And then like, I'm afraid that they look at me and like, why? Like that, that clearly doesn't match. Like uh, we don't match up on the street, no. but indoors well, we look like, like background extras from Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man, like that's like our routine every day. Um, I wanted to go see though. Jackie Hoffman did the. um, There's a Yiddish theater up in is on the Upper West Side, perhaps, and they just got. I saw that or something like it. I saw the Yiddish rendition of Fiddler, and it was amazing. It yes, and really, I believe Jackie really Hoffman, good. who's in that Betty Davis, uh, Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, uh, Ryan yes. Murphy miniseries. She was the, uh, and I have a mutual friend. I've never met Jackie Hoffman in my life, but I have a mutual friend. So, so I, you, I wanted to go see that. You did see it, Sam. I did. Uh, it was before COVID. Okay. Um, it, it had translations in Hebrew, Russian, uh, and uh, English. But you don't if like no one speaks Yiddish, so you just had to follow the story by the sound of the songs or the way they were acting. Interesting. It was really fun to watch. I've never oh. seen anything like that. I'm sorry, I missed that. It's almost kind of like watching opera. If you think if you don't speak French or you don't speak Italian. Right. Jewish, Jewish yeah, I mean opera. it's the same principle. Pretty yeah. much. Um, Except no so, one can afford the opera. Right. <laughs> Um, I th- I thought real hard this week about the premise of this podcast and what you had asked of me, and I I think I came up with something. But, well, um, how do you like to start the the embarrassing well, stories? Well, stuff? even like, even if you uh, well, we were going to talk to you first. You're giving us yeah. an hour. You're giving us an hour. Yeah. We're, we're just yeah, gonna. We got, you want to plug? You can plug. 
Um, well, I'll plug his cartoons. He, if you want yeah. to do it now, go ahead. Yeah, my cartoons are on my Instagram account. I haven't updated it since, uh, I think, a year. <laughs> so not, <laughs> not a good plug. I, I've been, like I told I was talking to Tim last week, I've been out of the cartoon game for a long time. No. Um, I'm sort of getting back into it. Um, and I'm just submitting to the New Yorker. They bought one a couple months ago. Well, Sam, we didn't, we didn't really introduce you. Sam, Oh, you, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, last week, last time we had a, another person who uh, was a host on a podcast. And so this time I totally forgot. I, I apologize. I should have said, this is Sam Marlowe, animator, uh, New Yorker cartoonist. I know there were some Adult Swim things. That's true. Oh, Those were... and, some, and, and some things that, that do not involve smoking marijuana with a bag of Doritos in front of your TV at quarter to midnight. I, I, I mean, found that's it. how you, it started. You worked on Super Jail. That's right. Yeah, I worked on Super Jail season three and four. Okay. Um, have you seen Super Jail, John? I have, yeah. Really? Oh, my God. When I'm smoking marijuana eating Doritos. <laughs> He's well, lying. That's, that's He's the lying. only way. In front of my TV at quarter. <laughs> John's a guy that knows all about Shakespeare and English literature. I'm the one that knows um, about Super Jail. <laughs> I'm always shocked when people know what Super Jail is. I, I, I remember doing, like, Mocha Fest or any of the, the, the smaller conventions in New York, and I would tell people about the show, and it was out at the time. And mm-hmm. I would tell everyone that came by, and they'd be like, no, I never heard of it, never heard of it. I'll check it out, but they're not going to watch it. And then I'd meet someone who did know who it was, and they would be the weirdest character at the entire convention. And I'm like, <laughs> Welcome to the, the Sunny Bimco show. Anyway, <laughs> those are the fans. Those that would be us. <laughs> that would be us. Well, Super Jail is certainly hard to describe. I wouldn't know how to describe it. Um, what is it? Uh, I mean, I've, I've talked, the creator would say it's, it's like Willy Wonka, uh, but in a prison, but with acid, on, yes. on acid the whole time. <laughs> Um, and is it still on? Did it? No, no. It's okay. been the fourth season killed it. I like to think that the the season I worked on the most is why it's it's done. Um, <laughs> Come on. I like no, to think I put the final nail on that coffin. <laughs> it was a great ending. It ended really nicely. Um, the creator of the show, Christy Caracas, worked on a, another series called uh, Ballmasters. Uh, I got I, I worked on both seasons of that show. That Ball was a lot of fun. So same crew, same creator, similar style, but with more anime influence. Oh, and it oh. was uh, really, really fun. It's like um, it's like gladiator ball sport game in like the far future. Oh. Uh, it's like post, post, post apocalypse. I thought Ball Masters would be a show that you would hide in the closet and download onto your computer. <laughs> There's so many jokes <laughs> like that in the show. Wow. That's why. Sorry, I thought Ball Masters was a gay bar I went in in Atlanta once, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes are endless for this. Uh... They are endless. And then there was that, was it Nico and the, um, what, Nico and the Late Sword? Am I getting that title right? I yes. saw the trailer for that, and that looked very heavily anime-influenced. Uh, that was like, it's like a really big fantasy show. Um, mm-hmm. So for all these shows, I was a background designer. Um, so I, I, I've done very little animation work, uh, as in terms of like character animation, I'm mostly a background designer, but I saw um, you're real. You have done animation. I ha- I have done it. It is, it is grueling. I mm-hmm. don't, I did not enjoy it as much. Do you see um, the, the animated advertisement I do for this show? Have you seen them? I haven't that seen it no. all weekend. And so all I do every week is just put new audio on it. I'm not going to read. I'm not going <laughs> to. 
yeah you gotta like animate. you gotta make it like economic and use every right. bit of bit of the animal for animation it's it's so so much work it like, is I, I have so much respect for all the animators that uh i worked with at tip mouse like they did it so much more easily than i like for the thousands of frames that they do it like 100 frames for me would be very difficult mm -hmm. so I, I give it's a lot of respect for that kind of work and did that's you why work? i did backgrounds so it's mm -hmm. it's easier it's less work. It's like less drawing. Did you did you work with Douglas Olson? No. Who's that? Okay. He uh, he worked at Titmouse a little while, but then he went to L.A. and he's now a well. He was in my Brooklyn studio when I shared a studio with other artists. So and he was got he, a job. Um, he got a animator? job. Yes, he got a job with uh, Rick and Mar Rick and Morty. So oh, I love that show. He just directed the Thanksgiving episode last year. But he's a, wow. I forget all his credits on that show. He's worked on a lot of parts of it. So, but he was here first. Him and Victoria, you know, Victoria, did she? Victoria. Um, yeah. Sounds Younger familiar. Girl. She was an intern in our studio. I don't know if she's stuck with animation. All right. Anyway. No. The thing is, at Titmouse, even before COVID, they asked me to start working at home so they can make room for right, right. like the new interns. So I haven't what? physically seen anyone from there <laughs> in like three years. Sam, so, did you? I wanted to explain to John that last, the last holiday, the New Yorker had a party, and Sam, did you, did you go to this online party? You, you know what I'm talking about? It was an online no. party. No, you did, I didn't. You didn't I get didn't invited. Oh, or you didn't I don't know. even know. I don't even remember. I, I vaguely remember. It's, I get the emails from Colin. I see what's going on, and I go, okay. I have something. I have something else comes in. I, I, I the don't holiday. The, <laughs> the holiday party last year. It was a virtual map of the office. You uh -huh. signed up with your avatar, and you walked around the room, and when you got close to people, you could hear them talking, and you walk away, you can't hear them talking. <laughs> so you had to find people's avatar, and you walk over to the group where Emma is standing. She's the <laughs> editor, cartoon editor for John, like everybody's standing around her icon talking to her. That's amazing. Uh, Just to get that bird's eye view of how people <laughs> are socializing, is that's, that's a little creepy and very amazing. It was, uh, I'm so sorry you didn't go. It was just an interesting experience. <laughs> That's funny. It's really, Didn't really go. Funny. It's like, what, you clicked on. I yeah. mean, Tim, what was there to go to? I mean, <laughs> it was I get just... The digital train. I went on the digital street to go to the digital office. You take the yeah. elevator, elevator right up. <laughs> it was a weird experience. That's all. How long did you stay? And, and did you, like, make... How do you go to the bathroom? How do you, like, see, I, how do you Yeah, exit? I think everybody had that joke. Where's the bathroom? So, uh, yeah, where's the bathroom? I'd walk around and some people didn't have a good avatar. I'm like, who is that? Oh, that's him. And, I, and I, you just shout because you can't see their faces. I'm like, hey, so and so. I'm like, oh, hey. I don't they know didn't if... use the little New Yorker, like that little graphic for all their faces. No. Nope. Uh, I think you website. picked your own. You picked your own little picture. Okay. So, yeah. That's anyway. Fascinating. We have a New Yorker cartoonist on the show, John. John's always like, not always, but at first you're like, talk about being a New Yorker cartoonist. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Just... Well, because I have I have been a subscriber to the New Yorker for who's president now? Well, <laughs> thirty at least. Nice, thirty years. Yeah. Um, but Tim, you have one in the magazine this week. That's awesome. I do. I That's right. That. It's good. good oh, for your job. birthday week too. That's great. <laughs> that is someone. Tim's knows. birthday is in two days. Congratulations. So that's why. That's, happy birthday, Tim. Thank you. And don't worry, you'll always be two months and one day younger than I. <laughs> and in leap years, two months and two days younger than I. 
Uh, our but, birthdays are on the same time. Uh, if your birthday's in two days, my birthday's next Wednesday. Oh. So we're both a Taurus. Yes, we are. Taurus. And that's stubborn. And that's, that's as much I was as in a relationship with a Taurus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tauruses mm-hmm. are the best. We're the most reliable. Uh, well, mm, very demanding. Oh, I did not say we can edit that out, right? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but Sam, when you, uh, but this is our opportunity to talk about New Yorker cartoons. Um, I wanted the first time you went to see Bob Mankoff. He was the editor. Yeah. Uh, uh, before our recent editor, Emma is the editor now. But when we first sold our cartoons, Bob was there. Right. What, what was um, your first meeting with him like? anything very very weird um i remember having just seen that documentary on hbo right about bob and the new yorkers uh history and like i was um okay no I'll, let me start back i was at titmouse and i did a job with paul Noth. he yes. had hired a bunch of people to do an animated pitch for nickelodeon and i just got like mixed into that group and it, I didn't put the pieces together that he was uh, this cartoonist that mm-hmm. had been doing it for like 20 years. And then when the job was over, I asked him, like, how do I do that? I've always wanted to do a New Yorker cartoon. And he just like sort of trained me for months. Like I would show him batches and he would tell me what's good, what's bad, this is what they like, what's, this is what they don't like. And I did all those stupid mistakes that like mm-hmm. the beginners do. That you I draw a big, a big penis on the cartoon. That's a... Yes. Giant, uh, giant genitals, uh, like watermark. That's like a, a watermark uh, yeah. for every always, cartoon. Always good for a laugh, huge genitals. Always <laughs> just, good for a huge laugh. I just made it my signature in the end. So yes. <laughs> it's always in there. Um, but he told me how to go to the office and just sign on the sheet. And it's like crazy to think that you could just walk into an office and say you're here for cartoons, and they let you in. Well, it's security's tight down there. That's World Trade Center. I know. Um, and this was, uh, they just moved to the new mm-hmm. office. It was, I think it's on the 35th floor. I don't know if they moved again. I heard they, they shifted yeah. things yeah. around a little bit. Um, but I think I, when I went on the first day, I met Brendan Lopper. He was the first cartoonist I met in person. And it was his, his first time in the office as well. But oh. he was like... Yeah. He had been studying for like two plus years, and his batches were like amazing, and mine mm. were very, very rudimentary. Um, but I met with Bob. He took a couple of them. He told me the ones he didn't like. He told me the ones he liked. Um, he tried to riff with me a little bit. Um, I cracked him up once. I think I made him laugh a few times when he was there. <laughs> that was pretty satisfying. And uh, and then I left, and then I sold one on my second batch. Nice, and and that was uh, I, I remember Colin telling me in person that was that was pretty oh. fun. And just for John, uh, Bob was very, Bob was very like when I would go in, give him my he would want ten cartoons every week, mm-hmm. and he, I I gave him my cartoons on I have them printed out, uh, and he'll just look and go hmm. Mm puts him in a pile that maybe he'll keep, maybe he won't keep. And mm-hmm. sometimes he won't say more than that. So that's why Sam's like, Hey, I cracked him up. And I don't think, I think I only cracked him up once one cartoon he didn't buy or didn't even try to buy. I, I, I drew a, a nicely dressed man with a Butler in a nice house. And he's saying to the Butler, uh, I don't know, Jeeves, go get my pajamas. I feel like drawing cartoons today. And, uh, <laughs> he laughed at that but then he gave it to me like no I'm not going to buy that one 
A little too much inside humor. <laughs> I don't even think I made him laugh from a cartoon. I think I just like I said oh, something. We were just talking I about didn't... something, and I, I, that was that's always I even, been my I didn't problem. even mean to make him laugh. Just... I know I did not. I, I just I was trying to keep up with him, and his mind is work was working way faster than mine. So I was just yeah. trying to yeah you know stay alert as much as I could. He, he did hold up one of mine up once I brought in. He says, uh, and it was a bad pun. He goes, uh, puns. We don't do that here. And he handed it back to me. <laughs> mm, that's true. No puns. But I didn't care. I, I didn't care if he was, yeah. he, just tell me what you like and don't like. It's fine. I'm not all upset. He said, so no I just bath, had a question. And some, mm-hmm. so, see, that, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, like, like the, the standards, like what is what is you, one thing you know they absolutely will not publish or I even mean, like, accept or even look at? Okay. Silly puns, I think. Puns, like yeah. bathroom jokes, jokes about cartoons. I don't think they like the meta stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that still works today. I've seen a few that, that get in there. Mm-hmm. But those are generally, they must be harder to sell. No cartoons with a big penis on it. Like no they told penises, Sam. No. Um, <laughs> so. Because even uh, David Sedaris, you know, he talks about when he submits work to the New Yorker. And since they're essays, they're nonfiction. And he wrote this when he went back home to North Carolina and he and his brother-in-law were in a Costco or one of those big box stores. And they were walking around with two pounds of strawberries. And he and, and David Sedaris had a gross of condoms in the shopping cart. Now everybody was looking at them like they were a gay couple. And, uh, but then like the editor calls and says, well, we did some research and the largest package of condoms you can get at a Costco is 20 or 40 or something like that. <laughs> so they had him start making, he's like, no, you don't, this is humor. You know, they're like, well, no, it's nonfiction. So it's gotta be, <sighs> gotta be factual. And yeah. It's so funny how like certain things are like, that would never happen, but it's all based right. on a made up premise to begin with. <laughs> Exactly. It's like you're not reporting on the war in Ukraine. You're not giving like false information about the Russian offensive. It's you you were using hyperbole and it was funny, you know, and but it's like uh, it'd be like difference between like someone calling it like fake cartoons. Like that's a fake cartoon. That's a fake cartoon. There's there's misinformation in this cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's funny. I, uh, I, I sent in a cartoon like two weeks ago and uh, Emma wrote me back having a comment from, I think from her meeting with David. Um, I was, it was a diamond heist joke and I drew mm-hmm. this giant diamond. It was like the size of a football. And he's, she was like, can you make the diamond smaller? Really? And like, I wanted it to, I wanted to say no, because it's funny because it is so big. You can read it right. easily it's right <laughs> there. Like, I know there's no diamonds like that, right. but it's right. funny to see how like silly it looks. Well, that was a um, David comment. I don't know. I we'll, feel like it, it sounds like we'll, it is. We'll I know it, Emma would have liked it. We'll bleep his name out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Emma's name in the podcast so that I can then hashtag Emma and you know right. come and do our show. Widen my audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't want to ask I, any I, any boss like person on the show. That's that's very weird. I would think. Do you want me to add, do you want me to send an email to him? I guess yes, you can send it. <laughs> but um, and then and then and, and then if they say anything, you'll be like, I can't control my co-host. 
He needs to be medicated. I'm so sorry about yes. that, Emma. Needs to be more medicate, more medicate. more medicate. Maybe the doctor's right. Maybe I do need the third pill every day. <laughs> we talked for almost half an hour, and we didn't talk about your your teen embarrassment, which you can tell us whatever you want. But from what you told me, I told John that mm. that you kind of a big story that is basically, and I don't know what you're going to go with, but I, we I are going to talk about your Star yeah. Wars collection. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, okay. So it's an embarrassing thing to have done. It's not a story exactly, but I thought of a story that seems a little embarrassing in my career as, as an illustrator. Oh, okay. Um, so first part, um, do you remember that bit from Conan O'Brien where uh, Triumph, the insult comic dog, makes fun of all oh, Star Wars fans yes. waiting to see the movie? Yes. I oh, was yeah. in line that day to see the movie. Oh, I, so I watched... Robert Smigel do the puppet and make fun you of. You got to meet. You got to meet Triumph, <laughs> the insult comedy dog. I I watched him make fun of oh. Star Wars nerds. It was that great. It was great. so much That's fun. Awesome. Me and Jeez. my brother went. We had the best time. It was it was a miserable experience, but that was great. Like watching, like the like Conan crew come and do that, and watching Robert Smigel is like. And there's so much stuff they cut out that they mm-hmm. didn't put in the bit. Oh, oh, sure, yeah. Um, and I'd be watching on TV. I'm in the shot, like in the background, just sort of like behind some some guy. You, with like you a, are the a, second person I know in line in that bit. I know someone else that's in that line. <laughs> this is weird. Uh, this, is, this is a new podcast of people in line from that Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Uh, Zigfield. Um, wow. This makes uh, my Gregory Peck story pale in comparison. But anyway, does. go ahead. <laughs> um, so okay, so that's that was embarrassing being online for that, waiting for a shitty movie that no one really ever remembers. Um, <laughs> which, now, which one was it? This is one of the prequels. Yes, yeah, this is the second prequel movie. Oh, yeah, I think most of us are sort of like, you really didn't need. You maybe you Not could have done it. one movie, kind of explained <laughs> it a little, but did you really need three? Yeah, yeah. It, it, we should have learned our lesson from the first one. Just like, mm-hmm. don't wait online mm-hmm. for that. But I was 15, and we were just like we were still in it. And me and my brother, we we had this Star Wars collection that I was telling Tim about last week. That uh, we had like 3,000 individual little pieces. It was worth probably a couple thousand because we ended up selling it for like four thousand dollars to some warehouse oh. in Michigan, and yeah, they just hauled it off in like one big truck. They just took it all in one big thing. I did put it back um, up and say, yeah, you were. I don't know if you feel it's an embarrassing thing that. Yes, like how well like i tell us talk what, what age did you start i had no friends oh. like this is like age seven to 15 this is like prime like make friends like mm-hmm. have fun in high school go out and mm-hmm. socialize i didn't do anything any of that we were right like, was this mostly because you're collecting star wars yeah figures yeah wow. gotcha and yeah, did so, did you just to clarify, did you only do the toys or did you collect anything like a Star Wars comic or a Star Wars uh, bubble bath, whatever they had? Were you like collecting I, I everything? We did like comics and stuff that would have been interesting, but we did like potato bag chip, like potato chip bags, like pretzels. But that like were Star Coke, Wars? Pepsi cans. Yeah. Like anything oh. that they would brand, we would buy it. But not, um, and the toys. And the toys. Yeah. Like oh. toys were like the foundation. Everything else was sort of. The gravy um, derivative yeah. of, of that. And yeah. We went to the Star Wars conventions and um those are rough. Those are really rough. <laughs> Were they every year? <laughs> yeah, like they would have them in like Denver and Indianapolis and 
No, you mean uh, rough? You going all the all the way to go there was rough, or that was going a bad there experience? Was bad experience. The fans, Star Wars fans, are that's a rough crew. Really? Like, yeah, I I, I have really lot, I have more fun talking with Star Trek. Well, of course, sometimes. a much better crowd of people. If, Star if, Trek. If my friend Dan <laughs> is hearing this, he would you know think this is like blasphemy, because um, <laughs> as much as I love Star Wars, Star Trek is a lot more. Um, yes, your choice uh, is logical easy going like star trek fans are not like as intense right (laughs) (laughs) wow but were they i mean can i just say one thing i do have a story where like when the first when the first prequel came out i was at still when you would go into a record store quote to buy to buy cds when was this would have been like 99 maybe that that first one came Mm -hmm. out okay and like the sales clerk had a stack of the Phantom Menace John Williams soundtrack on the counter and like very <laughs> aggressively forced me to buy a copy of what? it. What? He forced yes, you. He was like he was like ra- he was like rabid like, Star Wars. Use, use the force. Yeah, Jedi mind trick, John. Yeah, Come on. it was just oh, there was no mind trick. I was scared out of my wits. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, let me put that in the pile. And then like and then of course like the soundtrack album debuts at like number two on the Billboard album chart. I'm like, yeah, it's all because of that guy down at the record store. <laughs> I mean, it's still a John Williams score. It's very good. He was he oh, wasn't, sure, yeah, oh, yeah, no, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But it's like I don't really think you know. You know, you're so aggressive. That is an aggressive guy. You expect him yeah, to work yeah. at a bar called uh, Battle Battle Balls or something. Called B- B- Ballmasters. Ballmasters. Yeah. What was the name of that show? Ballmasters. Uh, Ballmasters. Ball yeah. Ball I think see, like, I told you, Ballmasters. I think the full title is Ballmasters 69, 69, what? something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm telling that. you, I, I really think that was a gay bar. And <laughs> I really was a gay bar in Atlanta. I think those were my very heavy drinking days. I can't be sure, but I'm almost convinced <laughs> that's where they got that name. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have to ask the creator. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll never own up to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to get back to these conventions that you think are rough, They're, I'd rather I talk mean, about I, Ball Masters, but we'll get back to the uh, Star Wars. I, I guess I'm, I'm speaking to the larger uh, problem I have of going to conventions in general. Oh, you I just know don't they're like fun. I, I'm not crazy about them. I've, I've right. always had a hard time with it. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's my issue that I'm, I'm projecting. But but did you spend uh, all day at this show with your stuff and like haggling like? Can I buy this for this much? I mean, was that just what you did, yeah. or did you? Okay, yeah, we were trying to like make money from these toys. Like, we'd buy them at Toys R Us in New Jersey oh, wow. or something for mm-hmm. like whatever low price they had. Go to the the conventions, try to sell them to these dealers or trade for more valuable action figures. It was all speculation. It was, right, it's like um, right, it's like day like, trading like commodities. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, but like they're bellies. all they're all worthless now. They're all that's yeah the the but was horrible were, discoveries that they're worth plastic and paper as much as they're, you know, were people like Carrie Fisher or anybody, did they show up or is this completely? That's what I was going to ask. Oh, um, no, some of the actors would be there, but not like the famous, hmm. you know, Harrison Ford's not going to this no. thing. The guy who played Boba right. Fett. They just put a, a helmet on a guy and like, here he is. Yeah, I got his autograph. <laughs> I got uh, Jeremy Bullock. He died a couple, like not too long ago. I got his autograph on a, on a poster. Wow. Um, I got Darth Maul's autograph. He charged twenty dollars nice. for that. Um, twenty dollars for oh I know. My God. Think of think of what Harrison Ford would have charged. He, like I think he doesn't he do a picture of like, in Oregon. Uh, whatever scale Harrison Ford does for a movie, he's probably doing for an autograph. Hmm. Um, 
but like yeah all the um, all the actors who were uh, like the lesser known characters um speaking like of the boba of, fett the pilots. person what was his name uh jeremy bullock are you familiar with the story of mark twitchell i won't go down this road very far no i looked this? i was doing star trek star trek <laughs> yes, I was watching Star, Star Trek, but I was trying to do Star Wars uh, research. Right. Mark Twitchell was a a man who wanted to make a Star Wars fan film, and he wanted to be a serial killer, and he failed at both. He did he did murder one person, but oh, um, okay, so he did a little better. At Johnny Atlinger of White Rock, British Columbia. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Oh, you're the Johnny, victim. Jo- Johnny Atlinger. Of, yeah, you wouldn't be laughing if you were Johnny Atlinger no. of White Rock, British Columbia, Tim. What are you doing? Referring to my notes that I so <laughs> meticulously researched for this episode. Anyway, I thought it was so, odd that he he made a fan movie and he hired the man who played Boba Fett because, you know, he, no he's wearing a helmet. What? Why did you spend that money? You can look That's, it up. Am That's I... like the the logic of a serial killer. Yeah, it like is. they would go to great lengths for something yeah. not really worth it in the end. You should anyway. Sorry. And by the way, had George Lucas, I mean, there is no way that film would have seen the light of day even if it got finished. I mean, George Lucas would have stopped that. Like, did he think like George Lucas was gonna go? Oh, I'm so flattered. What a nice film to make. <laughs> I mean, he had well, like he had, like down to the Wookiee. I'm like, no, George. There's no way George Lucas would have let that film even see the light of day. Well, if it's th- if it's a fan film and you don't charge money, it's okay. If that's yeah. what he wanted to do. Well, maybe he was hoping to get a job at like Industrial Light and Magic or something. I don't know. Well, some people you you go online. There's a whole there's a there are whole episodes of Star Trek people made. They don't make money. They just want to make it, and they put in all this special effect work, or they just take it from the show. Uh, hmm. Sam's yeah. shaking his head. Are you familiar with this? And there's I, probably a lot I know, of Star I know, Wars. I know. I watched those. <laughs> you watched those Star Trek episodes. I, yeah. Um, there was uh, there was this show that some someone did. It was called Star Trek: The Saga Continues, or something like that, where. Mm-hmm he like recreated the sets hired like actors who look kind of like the original yes yes 60s like characters mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah I, i've seen episodes not like, all it's of them. Ama- it's kind of amazing that it is he, yeah that they did that but then the guy i think got caught for like sexual misconduct so <laughs> kind of fell apart <laughs> no of course uh, using the old vulcan death grip as they say right. anyway <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that. I don't know why I think that sounds sexually, you know, vaguely sexual. But I just thought it was funny off the top of my head. They got well, suspicious. That's, that's why Mel Brooks did took all the sex jokes and mushed them into Spaceballs and did us all a favor. And I just, love he Mel put Brooks. it in one place. He put yes. it in one place. I realize because I've written some songs and I realize all my songs are inspired by Mel Brooks. Like I, they're like stupid lyrics. And just really like cheesy tunes, and I just realized, oh my god, I am writing Mel Brooks music. Yeah, The Inquisition's one of the best. Oh my god, mm-hmm. love that one. Um, oh my gosh, oh he did so I, high anxiety I, just with him singing that high, like a Sammy Davis Jr. song. High great anxiety. song, very good song, but not his best movie, unfortunately. No, I don't think so either. I was going to say I, I tried to watch it recently, like. During the pandemic, and I was a little bit like, eh. yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard to watch. I loved it as a kid. I remember as a kid, I was like, this is, you know, the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one and and Woody Allen's uh, uh, what's the one reason jail? Take the money and run. 
Yeah, stuff that's like a good that. One. That's a good one. Anyway, um, this so is about I, Star uh, Wars, and you're yeah, getting back to uh, so okay. I'll, I'll wrap up the Star Wars embarrassment story. So okay, the toys are going on. That it fizzles out by the time I have to think about getting into a college. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what stopped it. I do want to. I, I only want to back you up. There's okay. so much I want to know. Okay. You live in New York, so uh, yes. did you have extra room in your apartment for all this stuff, or was it like piled under your well, bed on your walls? I mean, we uh, we had to like store it in a way. I shared a, a bedroom with my. I have a twin brother, so we shared a bedroom, and uh, it was probably like a hundred square feet or less mm-hmm. of like of space. Oh, wow. And we just sort of stored it all in little compartments on the walls, the ceiling, like every inch of that room was wow. sort of, it was like a, like a shrine to Star Wars. <laughs> kind of disgusting the way I described it. Um, <laughs> and we'd use a closet in the, in the apartment. Um, we lived in Union Square. So we had like, they, it, my parents got this, this like loft space from like the seventies when mm-hmm. stuff was cheap. So there was some space to do it, but not, not a lot. And what did your parents say? anything or uh, they're happy they, he wasn't doing drugs i mean yeah but i i did drugs anyway later oh, so okay <laughs> does it really matter i waited i waited until yeah uh college um they they were they were okay with it uh well, you know they'd give us some money for it every once in a while it, it looked like we were like ambitious little little kids with like a little yeah. um little business going on um but again did not help make friends it, it was hard you know right i would always Have try to, to talk about it in school my brother would nudge me to be like don't talk about it like what are you like you're embarrassing yeah. us yeah I, I thought it was cool but i guess yeah. it's not talk yeah. about cool yeah. stuff like uh, ball masters like yeah. ball masters which oddly <laughs> enough is Isn't that a gay bar in atlanta <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the, re- the review of the show isn't that a gay bar in atlanta <laughs> isn't that a gay bar in atlanta <laughs> That was the, that was the tagline. <laughs> I do recommend that show. It is very good. It's, it's I, very I'm going to have to watch it now. It's, it's a pretty cool show. So I'm going to have to yeah. watch it now. I'm going right now. So, okay, so, okay so, bye, Tim. Off into the interview. So that's the only. That's the only other thing I'm plugging. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll plug some more stuff at the end. Oh no, I have one more thing to plug later. Um, oh, but I, I did a lot of research. That's why I, both, I don't know if John okay. did all the research I did. So we're just going to bug you with Star Trek questions. Throw, okay. Star Wars questions. <laughs> no, and then Star Trek we'll questions. Throw out all your research and we'll just talk about some couple of movies. That did, no one, did you no did you get a hold your hands on the rocket firing Boba Fett? No, no, I never no. I never got that one. That, oh. that is a rare piece uh, that every, everyone knows about. It's mm-hmm. It was a uh, a toy that was designed in the seventies for the original movie because mm-hmm. Boba Fett was in the original. He was supposed to be, but they cut oh. him out, and so they had a design toy of it. And the rocket pack would shoot off, and like it was going to be choking hazard, so they discontinued it. Yes. Um, so it only exists as like a blank model for like, a, like a prototype almost. Yeah. So that's it's like the okay. rarest. Um, it's it's like the uh, the Lord of the Rings ring of toy of the toys. And did you do? You, did you ever collect any of the off-model figures from Turkey? I, I saw a whole show about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I think I had one international toy. Um, I, I, maybe it was like a Tuscan Raider. Um, it, it's it looks the same except the label has a new sticker, but it's in like three different languages, so you don't know what it says. 
my research yeah. my research was watching the toys that made us you know the show from netflix yeah, okay yeah, i watched I the episode about i watched that and i was like i know that one i know that one I know, <laughs> you know. um most of the toys i collected were from the 90s uh all the 70s stuff i had uh i had like opened like in a bin that my mm. grandfather had collected so i had those but they were not in good condition the bottom, they were, they were, yeah. yeah oh i was just gonna say i i i found my um they had a novelized form. It was like a little, I think it was 95 cents, a novelized paperback of The Empire Strikes Back that I got right before I saw the movie. Yeah. The, the original, of, I, when you saw the original Empire Strikes Back? The, the original Empire Strikes Back from 19, what was that, 1980? Uh, yeah. Was it 81? Yeah. 80, so did they, did they say that like Vader was his dad in the, in the, the printed version and then you you're know, like I I think so I think so yeah I'm not sure I'll I'll find it I found it out at my mom's house the other day because oh, my mom like yeah. saves everything so it's that been might be worth something John uh, just well, wanted to read that so he could say the book was better the book was better than the movie <laughs> yes I have forced my friends to go to the 9:30 show instead of the seven o'clock show because I couldn't make the seven o'clock show because I had to read the book so I could say <laughs> the book was better than the movie no but I did I read it because we were living in Saugerties at the time. And I remember we, um, it didn't come to Saugerties right away. I can't remember why we couldn't, I, I couldn't see it right away. So I found it, it was 95 cents because I saw it on the cover. I think, did, I think they did say, because at that point the movie was out and it was probably out anyway. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I thought it was before. Okay. No, no, it was concurrent. No, I, I, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It didn't come out before the movie came out. I got it before I got to see the movie. Uh, it's still probably worth something because that's that's a pretty old print. Maybe maybe a dollar ninety five. Actually, it's in pretty good condition for something that a fourteen year old boy had in nineteen eighty. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's forty something years old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm older than. <laughs> We are older than you. I went to see. I am two months on a day older than you, Tim. What? What? My, Sam, when you saw the first prequel, you were in high school, or just uh, ending. I was in middle school. I, I oh my was god! About twelve or thirteen. I went to. Um, I was living. Here. I'm, I'm forty-five now, so okay. don't worry about. It. Well, I was living in Brooklyn, and I went to the. I went to the theater, and I got there. Uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is before you went online, bought your ticket. I went there, I big line. The golden age. The golden age. And I was walking down the aisle, and this is the, the this is what I remember most from going to see Phantom Menace, the first prequel. I, I could see by the lights down the front row, there was a older lady with gray hair with her walker, like, and she was like, gotta get to my seat. I'm so excited. And I just remember thinking, wow, I am so old. There's, there's a lady in her walker <laughs> who obviously <laughs> saw, was young enough to see the other movies, and she's here yes. to see that movie. Yeah. She's there to see that movie, and then she could die. Yes. She was like, I, I lived long enough. I had my doctor keep <laughs> well, me alive long enough until I could see that, the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace probably killed yeah. her, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's the irony. The dialogue did her in the, the end. Yes. <laughs> um, Jar Jar Binks alone. And she was, oh, my God. That's the saddest story. That, the whole, that, what yeah. happened to that guy is like the worst imaginable yeah. thing to happen. Something you said earlier about uh, uh, the book was better. They should do like a book aisle in Barnes and Noble called "The Book Was Better." The mm -hmm. book was better, and just yes. put movies for that had the books first, so people know. Right, and they yeah. go, "Oh, I guess it was better." So they go and read the book. I guess it was yep. better. I mean, if you just had some disposable disposable income, just open like a bookstore called "The Book Was Better." Yeah. That's a great title for 
And they well, have a special. Yeah, they have yeah, a special. They have a tax write off. It never. It's never going to no, make it, money. It would be called the bookstore was better. The oh, bookstore was better. <laughs> yeah, you're giving away ideas, Sam. We're just going to yeah. take them. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think every month there should be a. Uh, the book was incredibly better, like spotlight for things like yes. breakfast, breakfast at Tiffany's, and <laughs> oh, breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah, yeah, or um, Bright Lakes, Big City, or um, I know well, it, within the store you could have a section called "The Movie Made Some Improvements." Yeah, okay. There you go. They're gonna be like this little like, <laughs> like the equivalent of the video store that had the porno, like that room with like the porno movies. Yeah, you like room. a little room like that behind a curtain with. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to imagine a, uh, a porn that's based on a book. Right. Hmm. Interesting. It, animated by Ray Bradbury. I mean, I mean, sorry, Ray Harryhausen. Ray, Harry, no. Ray Harryhausen. I'm cutting that out. That's a joke from last week, anyway. Harryhausen. <laughs> well, it was new to me. <laughs> you know Harryhausen, Ray Harryhausen? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Um... Thank God. Oh, so, but so, okay, so here's, so here's my question, not to get okay. too far down a, but like, and, and you know, I, this is gonna be a short question. But it's like, okay, so Tim and I were 11 years old when the first movie came out, so mm-hmm. we actually remember a time, the first 11 years of our lives, where there was no Star Wars, and it was this new thing when we were kids. So mm-hmm. basically, do you even remember the first time you saw a Star Wars movie, or has it just been such a part of your life that you can't even remember? It's, like uh, me at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, like I, I, I recall remember like watching Empire Strikes Back first. Like mm-hmm. it was just on. Someone was watching it. I just remember like, what the hell's going on here? This is interesting, and it was really intense uh, and very dark. And then I remember sort of watching everything out of order. But it did kind of always exist for me. Um, okay. I guess I didn't know what it was when I was five. I kind of knew about it when I was six, seven years old. I was, I was all in. Okay. Okay. Cause when I was yeah, five, I was six or seven, I was watching the Zapruder film on TV. I was like, what's going on <laughs> with this? Try, trying to make out the figure <laughs> in the grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. It was, uh, it was always around. It's, uh, you know, I was always watching Star Trek and always watching Star Wars. It's just like, it's just the continuum of sci-fi stuff. that just always works best. We're coming up close to the hour you're giving us um is oh, there, okay. is so, there is, is, so i have the end of the story the end of the story okay for the 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 conan bit that i was in the background and for one scene mm-hmm. um years later uh through someone at titmouse i got some gig with robert smigel like i was about huh? to do a little job for him nice. um and it was uh it was like one in the morning he needed. He, he emailed me. I don't know how he got my contact. Maybe it was through Paul. I don't. I don't really remember. But he needed three drawings of Trump for like some joke about like a casino bit. It was something. He needed some caricature of Trump. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, sure, Mr. Smigel, I'll do it. And uh, I tried. It was so late. I had no energy. I could not, for my life, do a caricature. That's why I do backgrounds because I can't draw characters very well. Hmm. Um, and so halfway through, I just sort of like, it's two in the mornings, like super late. I just emailed him. I can't do, it. I can't, I'm not going to deliver the job for you. He's like, okay, don't worry about it. Oh, and that was, no. uh, that was the end of that story. But I've heard from, uh, one of my, uh, former, I, I used to work with this guy, Dan Medea. He's a good friend. 
He works at Titmouse as a storyboard artist. He used to work for SNL in the 90s with Robert Smigel on those Ooh. old cartoons. Okay. And he would say, gay duo. Yeah. He worked on that show. He worked on that those episodes, like the Friends one and like uh, Saturday TV Funhouse, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. And he would say that Robert Smigel would always send some crazy assignments late at night and no one could what? get them done in time. So he's like, you got, <laughs> you got smigled. I was like, oh. You got smigled. You got smigled? Like that. Wait, yeah, you, something like that. You mean it was <laughs> a real job or he was doing this? As, he he was no he was doing like some gig i don't know what he just needed okay. some illustrations of trump and i couldn't deliver it because no it but i mean so, he did this all the time to people so you're saying it was something he would do normally back in the 90s hmm. i think unless my my friend was just making up that term but to make he, you feel he said it he said it sounded familiar it sounded like a very familiar uh request so a lot of hmm. drawings late at night very short deadline Hmm. So I didn't feel alone in in not being no, able I don't to feel deliver. Alone. It's happened to all so, of us. I didn't worry about like fuck, I don't want to draw. I don't want to draw Trump. I didn't like you know. I didn't like yeah. him. I don't want to. Draw I had to draw him, him too many times. I did a lot of political cartoons with him. You you're better suited for it. I I can't do it. It's just not in my uh, it's not in my wheelhouse. Because after I did well, um uh I adapted. Sorry, John. I adapted. Uh, no, it's okay. I did two adaptions, and I did a. Story about what happened in Rwanda. Anyway, not to trying to get through the story fast. And after I did that, this uh, documentary comic, someone else contacted me and said, "You want to do the life story of Rush Limbaugh in a graphic novel format?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I do not want to. Do. I want to draw him for however many pages that was." I mean, they didn't tell me the amount of money. I kind of wonder how much money they'd have to offer before I'd be like, "Well." What would it take? Yeah. How much but what you do take? is like you just draw Rush Limbaugh as an adult at every stage of life. Like Rush Limbaugh as an adult in a diaper. Rush Limbaugh as an adult in a in a in a, in a, in a stroller. And you only have you one just, character template. Yeah, you just draw him. He's the same age. That's a funny idea, John. At right. every stage of life. Going to the prom, <laughs> he's still like big fat rush in like his fifties. Yeah. That's how. Same as same That's age as when he walked into the uh, battle balls bar. There. Same age, same age. <laughs> the ball, the ball, master. ball masters, ball masters, ball masters. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I never took you to that bar, Tim. I don't expect you to remember the name. Battle balls. Well, that's in Texas. Battle balls. <laughs> that's that's the West Fort Worth to be exact. But anyway, uh, well, so that that's the end of the story. Uh, I like your 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 story yes. encompasses your whole childhood. So you're. Yeah, your whole being. You're, you're uh, yeah, a unique circle. guest, if you don't mind Thanks. me saying that. Thanks, appreciate that. Our first your guest. Wife, I love her shoes. I love her shoes. <laughs> hey, look are at these Jimmy, shoes Are there any here. Jimmy shoes in there? I they're, they're valuable. I'm selling these, too, just like yeah. the Star Wars. You, you get almost as much for the Star Wars. Good, does, good she have, does she have anything there in a men's 11? No, no, okay. <laughs> You have, you have, uh, that's well, a great, great story, Sam. <laughs> was that a good you, story? Yes. That was actually great. a good story because cool. it kind of encompassed everything. Yeah. Cool. Great. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that, that worked out. I'm just, I'm just holding back lots of Star Wars questions about toys. What, what was oh, the okay. most, ex- what was the most expensive toy you had? 
that you sold? Uh, I still have it, actually. I, I kept oh, the good ones. You kept the good I, I, ones. I just saw them in my in the storage unit down the street. I kept like four the story or five is, of them. The story's not open, over. The, Unlike your parents, your wife will, have, will not allow them in the apartment. <laughs> That's true. That is true. My wife's like, get that shit out of here. Get that, that shit out of here. I don't want to see that crap. Um, the most expensive one I have is a Luke Skywalker original like you know they, they it's like a book like they would print them like a new print like the, it's like the first mm-hmm. edition of it from 1995 um it's the ones where they were they were all buff again uh, bomb bomb bomb. Bomb. Oh, uh, they had like six packs it was crazy yeah. Toy yes, i used to i used to go to ball masters for lightsaber <laughs> night <laughs> in this case the package the, pack oh, the package but I'm, I'm sure we got all sorts of double entendres here no i'm sorry sam i that was uncalled for i'm sorry no, Go ahead. no the, the, the jokes are writing themselves they of, are. All just like, uh, we like to call so, them jokes the reason it's it's worth like i think four hundred dollars uh because Ooh. the lightsaber is like not correctly sized to the plastic that it's in. That's it. It's okay. like an error. The factory messed up and it's worth 400 bucks. Because it's... That's it. Really? How, how did you get this factory error? Or did it, it's common? They, no. But there, there were like a, a He could tell you, Tim, but then he'd have to kill you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they just... They made so many that the machines would make a mistake for like a round of toys and then they'd right. correct it and then the next round would not have that mistake so anytime <laughs> there was an error it would be worth a little bit more money and that's yeah when, if you talk when sam said he had to go out to new jersey to get these toys he got them from a guy named jimmy the snake he can't <laughs> give out too much information <laughs> these, these, these toys fell off the back of a uh, toy <laughs> Okay, Sam. So that's, um, I guess the you... last thing I will I will plug besides my cartoons in, in general, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that that show um, was it uh, Fairfax. I, I, work, I did the background design for. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Two, I know that. Uh, yeah. Two seasons of Fairfax on Amazon. Uh, okay. That was that was fun to work. That was fun to work on. I, I worked on that remotely from Miami, so oh, that was, that was interesting. Yeah, You're pretty very funny. nice. Pretty good. Now, Sam. Yes. You've been here an hour. Uh-huh. Uh, we do a thing called the study quiz, usually with me and John, but this one I made Star Wars themed. Do you want to stay like three minutes? Yeah, go ahead. I'll call the it the uh, study Q&A. Bring uh, quizzes. Theme song. Do you like quizzes, John? I do love quizzes. I'll call it study Q&A. Bring twist. The Bim Code. I love quizzes. The Bim Code. I'll call it theme song. Mm, no. That sounds Five cool. questions. Five questions. No, four. Oh, it's only four. Okay, four, four questions. I'm sorry. Sam's all excited, but Sam. <laughs> Damn, I want to answer that fifth question. <laughs> all right. These questions are more like the three of us will agree, which is the right answer. So these these are about the original Star Wars characters, Luke, Leah, Han, Chewie, Obi-Wan, C-3PO, and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So just four questions. So not question number one. John hasn't heard these yet. I have not heard these yet either, so. Out of those characters, which character would most likely, purposely, fart in a crowded elevator? Uh, probably Chewbacca. That, that was my vote. That's what I thought. What do you think, John? It was for me. It was a toss-up between. I'm going to say Han Solo, Han Solo. Just, to, just to be just to be a rebel. In the original movie, yeah, he was 
supposed yeah. to be that. I, yeah, these, I, these are um, opinion-based questions. Yeah, right? exactly. There's okay. no correct answer. But even if okay. if if what if Leah was in the elevator? Do you was think? that in a deleted scene at some point? <laughs> yes, the, the, the chewy mm, yeah. scene. I don't know. I guess it depend. I guess it would depend how coked up Carrie Fisher was that day. She might just <laughs> let one rip. Well, I don't know. I thought somebody would say Darth Vader, and I was going to have a big argument about does he have those human parts left? I don't think actually, he does. I know. think that no, got I destroyed. Think so. yeah, yeah, I think so. It would be a very different breathing sound mm-hmm. from the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That would be a Darth Vader fart, anyway. <laughs> Well, I think we all agree, Chewy. Anyway, I still say Han Solo. Anyway, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. I want to. I don't I wanna, think Chewy could help it. I want to let Sam it get out of be... here with these stupid questions. So, question what, number the, two: what's the, what's the next one? Uh, which of these characters would most likely start a podcast? Um, C three PO and R two D two. I was that was, hmm. was that was my answer. C three PO. Because they observed the stories, and so they'd have right. They're not active as much in the stories, so they would have they would have right. a lot to talk about. Right. Yeah. It would be yeah. a very annoying podcast, right? <laughs> but it would be a podcast. All they the would same. be doing a lot of commercials. I feel yeah. like they do yes. a lot of commercial breaks. Commercials for for Ballmasters. Yes. Get that. How often? How often did you know this? They're talking about like the seventeen languages of Dagobah or something. I don't know. All right, and the third one, which character would most likely have a sitcom TV show? Which I think is the same answer, uh, C-3PO and R2-D2, I think. I mean, it's the odd couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess I would say Leia and Han would make for, like, a good, like, will they, won't they, will, like, mm-hmm. will they, won't they sitcom? Sexual yeah. Hanging out I at the thinking- bar on Tatooine? Right. I was yeah, thinking yeah. at Ballmasters. Yeah, I was thinking the. Um, I was thinking Leia, kind of like, comes to Earth, kind of like a Sex in the City, trying to fit in as an alien girl from Alderaan, and like trying to like fit in like you know to like the Sex in the City. They should girls. do like that. Would Sex be the City, but like Disney Plus version of it for with all the new Star Wars people. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I say, yeah, those two robots. Yeah. <laughs> and the fourth one, so you can get out of here, Sam. Which character would win in a fight with Maud Finley? <laughs> now, do you know who Maud, Maud... Wait, who's Maud Finley? <laughs> uh, Maud was a television sitcom spinoff from All in the Family in the 70s. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, B. Yeah. Arthur. B. Ar- <laughs> B. Arthur. Golden Girls for you younger people. Dorothy okay. from the Golden Girls. She, because she and, and Maude, she murdered a lot of people and she changed her name and moved to Florida. I'm going to give my answer first. <laughs> None of them could. <laughs> Maude Finley would be victorious. Vader, the, I, Maude would say, would, I would say Vader, but as a default. That was my same. My answer was Maude, Maude would beat them all too. Maude would <laughs> annihilate them all. I have the unfavorable opinion on this one. Yes, maybe, I didn't know. Maybe, the, I didn't know well, the maybe, maybe those, maybe then those prequels never would have gotten made. That would have been a plus. <laughs> Although you know, B. Arthur was in the holiday special they That's did. That's true. Back, back that in is the, uh, true. Late oh, 70s, see, so I had see now, Tim. You're maybe subconsciously that's what you were thinking of when yeah, you thought yeah. of that question. Yeah, I, I had just, totally forgotten. She would that, just yes. fight B. Arthur. 
for the, mm-hmm. for yeah. the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't Art Carney in that too? Yeah. Art yeah. Carney was in that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Art Carney was popping up in all sorts of things. <laughs> he got that Oscar. You're like, yeah, give me the money. Show me the money. I'll do anything. I'll do the Ringo TV special. I'll do. Who would win a fight? Art Carney or B. Arthur? B. Arthur. I'll be Arthur. B. Arthur beats everyone. B. Arthur could beat the alien in Alien. Well, Sam, anyway, right. we, we've kept you for your hour. And I, I yeah, appreciate, sorry. I, I appreciate it. I kept you around that was, for that stupid quiz. This was my favorite therapy session uh, oh so my far goodness. this week. So, so I, I, that's, that's the nicest compliment since Marcy told us she felt so wonderful being on the show or something. This was really fun. I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, that's sincere. Okay. Well, we, we enjoy looking yeah. at your wife's shoes. I, that's well, why I, I do. Yeah. John does. Yeah. I do. Because I see the pair I'm going to wear next time I go to Ballmasters. <laughs> great. All right. Great material. Right for, for lightsaber night. Okay. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Nice oh. to meet you, John. Nice yeah. to meet you too, Sam. Okay, John, this is the end of the show, and we did get some emails. That was a great, that was a great interview with Sam. I like Sam. Sam was a good guy. And his wife has wonderful shoes. Wonderful shoes, yes. Wonderful so, shoes. I really appreciate it. She's got a men's size 11 in those Jimmy <laughs> Choo heels. I know what I'm wearing, the lightsaber night at Ballmaster. We'll, we'll have him back time. on the show so we can look at his wife's shoes again. Yeah, well, he, like, <laughs> he could, like, hold up the, he could hold up the labels into the, uh, into the, uh, into the camera. Yeah. But, uh, okay. But we have emails. And if you want to email the show, SETIBIMCO with an E at gmail.com. We're at Twitter at SETIBIM and Instagram, SETI underscore BIMCO. And we got more mail. This Uh-oh. is from a Miss, I won't give her whole name, Miss Rodriguez. She writes, I was wondering if you could recommend someone. <laughs> you did send me this email, and so, uh, I, I I feel this is well, like well, what? a Latin American dating site. Maybe <laughs> is going to be my first guess. Really I think there must be, maybe there's a Latin American dating site that kind of sounds like or like an escort service that kind of sounds like SETI Bimco, and like if you just like. Keaton, mm-hmm. like one wrong letter, suddenly you're listening to our yep. podcast. So yep. that's that's my first. That, that's my I, gut feeling, Tim. Yes, and I can't I can't recommend anyone. So I care. I can't. I can barely find anybody for myself, honey. I I can't help. I, there's no way I'm going to be helping anybody else. We have an email from a a guest that was once on the show, George O'Connor. Oh, George! Yeah, he left the green room with like what was it? Uh, potato skins, and he drank all the olive oil. Olive oil, and and it took. He left a mess. anyway. It took it took me a while to get that bathroom right. But anyway, go <laughs> ahead, George. George writes in. Hi, one time guest, first time writer. Why so much mod talk? Who hurt you both so badly that you need to express yourselves this way? Talking about an old B. Arthur vehicle from the early seventies, week after week. Also, who's your favorite member of the X-Men? Thanks. I'll take my answer off the air. Love, George. Thanks for writing, George. And Thank we're not George. we're not giving away the secret to the mod. What? what, what? You well, don't ask course, that my, question. My, my, mine was, of course, my cold, uncaring parents uh, failed to show me any love and 
the only way I could find that love was through B. Arthur Asimov. That's my reason. That's your reason. Comic. I have a secret yeah. reason. Okay. We're not telling everybody all the reasons, not all at once. It's like a chess game. Right? The SETI verse is like a chess game. Once you figure out, oh, this, per- this piece moves this way, but this other piece moves a different way. Right. Right, John? But you, you think about it. But <laughs> compared to my parents, Maud Finley was warm and fuzzy. So mm-hmm. there you go, George. There you go, George O'Connor. Oh, he also wants to know your favorite member of the X-Men. Mm. Oh, Cyclops. Okay. Only because James Marston is so hot. But anyway, go <laughs> ahead. Who was mine? Mine was um, the same thing, Cyclops. Totally different reasons. Because, because James Marston was so hot? Yes. <laughs> Different silly reasons. I don't know why I related to that character in the comic. I'm not going to go into that. This is not a comic book podcast. And John, you read Justice League. You didn't really read X-Men. I didn't really read the X-Men. Well, in the comic, Cyclops was the uh, kind of um, sullen leader of the group. He was a serious oh, guy. Well, there you go. There you go. Me as a teenager, sullen. That's There <laughs> you go, right there. So, so there you go, George. Thanks for writing the letter. Thanks, George. And next week, no guest. We're going to watch a movie from our... I'm picking movies about teenage or high school. Uh, uh, Well, we won't get into that. But next week, we're going to watch The Boys Next Door. Because it's playing for free on Midnight Pulp. This website that I guess we're going to hype. So that they'll mention us. Or be our sponsor. And I actually remember this movie. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. So that's funny. It, it was like on I'll explain it next week yes it was playing in Sweden no it was not playing in Sweden <laughs> alright John great all show right, we'll see you next week alright a pleasure as always and happy birthday thank you bye bye Seti Co. is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Petty Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.